Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Exciting, exciting guest here. Her name is Ilona Pamplona, and um, wow, she did a reading for me and I was like, oh, hell no, (laughs) but in a good way. Um, She is an astrology informed life coach. Uh, She is an MA wellness coach. Um, She has a book called The Chronicle Books. Uh, She is a chief community visionary officer. Um, She is also a believer of the magical realism. I mean, what can I say? Um, She's helped dozens of women reconnect with their inner world, harness the magic of their emotions, and transform their most important relationship, the one they have with themselves. And of course, I needed to have her here because, I mean, come on, who are we kidding? We always want to know that there is this magical part of us And where does that come from? And what can we do to harness that power? So I'm excited to have her here. Her name is Ilona Pamplona. And I'm telling you, this woman um, is, I mean, she knocks it out of the park. So I'm excited for this interview. And without further ado, this is Ilona. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. As you know, I uh, already did my little intro, and and I'm going to tell you this much about her. She's not only a badass, but guess what? She's the postmodern oracle. I'm like, ooh, that's huge. And I'm so excited for this conversation with Ilona. Um, I had a reading recently, and I just was like blown away by her knowledge and um, her expertise in this realm that never did I ever think that this was even a possibility or, or even part of my vernacular. And I'm so excited to have her here so that she can talk to us all about 
all that uh, beauty out there, the, the, the magical, the astrology, the visions, all that amazing stuff. So welcome, 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 Ilona to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Thank you, Jackie. I'm so excited to be here. Oh my God. Oh my God. I, they, these ladies, sometimes we have some amigos too, but these amigas have no idea, <laughs> have no idea what they're going to get themselves into right now. So Ilona, just so that we can uh, see how, you know, obviously before you were an astrologer, you were a baby and where'd you grow up? Let us know, give us perspective on your, on your childhood. And then we're going to go focus into your astrology. Oh my gosh. I love this question. Cause I was born in Long Island. I lived in Queens until I was eight and then we moved to Jersey. So I'm a tri-state area girl. Mm. Um, even though I don't live there anymore, I'm tri-state area through and through. In fact, I have a ring on that's New Jersey. Like I'm like a Jersey girl through and through. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And, and I grew up, you know, I'm a elder millennial. So growing up in times where things were still diverse in certain places and then growing up in places where there wasn't diversity after coming from diverse places. And my parents were from Latin America. So my father was from Colombia. My mom's from Ecuador. We were first gen. They met at a party in Long Island and they stayed together here. Um, and I always joke because she came from an aristocratic family. He came from a poor farmer family. I'm like only in, in New York would those two have met, married and created a middle class family, which in America would be, you know, it's the Latin American dream, right? Right, right, right. Oh, my God. In a party. I'm out, you know, I met my husband at a club, but it was kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, this is like the first introduction and then. But then, you know, all kinds of stuff happened. I, I, whatever anyways, but, but it's interesting when you start getting yourself out there, you start meeting people yes. and, you know, this pandemic really did a number for all the, all the people that are single. Cause I mean, come on, like, this is where we get to experience life and get to mingle and get to be with one another, but how amazing. Okay. So they met there. So then what happened? Like they, they got married and then had you or how are, are you yeah. one of many? kids or that's a great question so you know I'm a rainbow baby my mom had a miscarriage right before me um so I always say like thank you to the soul before me for giving me the chance to come in um and uh, I was the I'm the oldest of three that were born so I have a younger brother and a younger sister and it's interesting because growing up my father was you know the typical work hard work long hours you know, very dedicated, like working dad, um, traditional Latin dad, and my mom, and he, and he was Catholic, because, you know, hashtag Colombia, Latin America, Catholic, and my mom, um, her family was a little more unconventional, because her parents were divorced when they were really young, which was unconventional in Ecuador, she had a lot of different experiences that put her in a place where she had to, like, create her own identity, so when she came here, she actually wanted to work, but my father was like, no, I'm gonna take care of the money, you take care of the kids, let's do this the way we're taught, but what was unconventional about the way she raised us was she literally believed in magic. So I always joke that I was raised with magical realism, which is a Colombian genre of literature, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, right? Where like, yes, like my dad worked hard and we had to work for what we had, but my mom was always like, we're going to clear out the energy. I remember being four years old and if something felt off she's like Voy a pasar incienso. Voy a she's gonna clear the energy with some incense or she's gonna light a candle and hopes that something's gonna happen and by the time I was seven years old or six years old I remember my mom paid to meet Walter Mercado so I have a picture of my mom <laughs> and Walter 
in my vision board. Yes. Um, and I feel like even though I didn't really get to really teach or learn with him, like I feel like he was one of my teachers because I grew up yeah. listening to Walter. I grew up learning about other spiritual traditions. I grew up learning about the world view yes. Yes. of what's possible in when it comes to love. Because like Walter's message was mucho amor. Like he, mucho amor. in the day, he used astrology, but his message was love. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so he used these magical things so I grew up believing that these magical things were a pathway to love not these terrible things of demons that are going to be bad for you right oh my god I love that I, it's interesting that you bring uh Walter Mercado because I always used to say mucho 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 amor <laughs> and and it's such a staple in in our community right I mean I know he had a show I mean, I was so young and, and um, like listening to him, I thought, what is all that? Like, is that possible? But of course, you know, we're very like, we're spiritual, but then at the same time, very traditional, like that's mm -hmm. not the way to go. We need to go through these careers, this pathway as being first generation Latin American, yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> but Here's the thing, you didn't go through a traditional pathway, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't. Like, I always did my own thing. It's funny that you say that because I remember, so it's funny because by the time I was eight, like, we we're in the suburbs of New Jersey and there weren't a lot of Latinos. Like, I remember I would watch, like, all the Spanish telenovelas. Like, I would make my dad put me, like, take me to Queens to buy all the new cassette tapes from, like, the artists that, like, you could never buy at, like, you know, the Virgin Megasaur or, like, whatever. Um, but, you know, I remember watching the VH1 behind-the-scenes Gloria Estefan thing, and she was like, you know, I got my college degree, and I gave it to my mom and my dad, and I'm like, I did my part, now I'm going to go sing. And I remember thinking, okay, like I can be a good student. I could do my thing. I'm going to make them happy. But like the moment that it's my turn, we like, listen, I did my part. And then I want to do my own thing. So I kind of always had this like programming of like, I can do both. Like I yes. could be the good student and I can have my own direction. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I have that similar path that, you know, I'm a lawyer and now, I mean, obviously I've been doing the lawyer thing for a long time and, and I'm like, in my heart, it just doesn't resonate. And as you know, after my, my reading, you're like, oh, well, of course it doesn't. <laughs> oh, amigas, you got to get a reading with her. So I digress, but okay. So now you took the traditional and then you started something new in this right. magical space. So take us, walk us through that because you don't just like, one day to another like it's no. a process right so tell oh, us what yeah. was your process so so I never knew what I was going to do like I used to joke that the one thing I knew I was going to be famous or friends with famous people I just like loved people of influence and not because of a feeling that they were more important but I felt like okay we have important messages it's the people who have large audience that are going to help us get our messages across and so I always thought of fame as like an opportunity to change the messaging and so but when it came to college like I had to go to college actually. So funny story. I wanted to sing. So I sang in high school. I actually got to this competition in New Jersey. I auditioned for a famous person's um, manager. And the whole time they're like, oh, it is muy gordita. It is muy gordita. The whole time it was like all about my weight. And I had a moment. I'm like, this does not feel comfortable. And that day was, and it was my senior year. And I remember telling my parents, okay, 
I'm going to college. Cause I was like, maybe I'll try out the famous route, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get a degree because if they're going to judge me on my appearance, I don't have time for that. Right. And I didn't know what to study, but all I knew I was really good at languages. And so I remember marking off only foreign languages as like options that I wanted to take my first year. My first semester was like Spanish, Italian, elementary Portuguese. And so I graduated with a double major in Italian, Spanish, minor in Portuguese. I had taken French and German as electives. And everyone's like, what are you going to do with languages? And the only thing I said was one day someone's going to pay me to fly around the world for them. And for 15 years, I was a college recruiter. It started off with domestic recruiting, doing diversity recruiting. So I needed to use my Spanish primarily. And eventually, like right in the middle of my career, international college admissions like became really popular. And they're like, who speaks languages? And, you know, by the time I'm 30 something, I'm the director of international undergraduate admission for an engineering school. Um, so it was really great. I got to travel the world. I got to do a lot. And, but right before that specific role, I had experienced workplace abuse. Like it was bad. It was really, really bad. And at that point I had disconnected from all the spiritual practices Mm -hmm. that my mom had raised me with, with clearing your energies, connecting to something bigger. Like my mom had vision boards in the eighties, like everything that was in the book, the secret my mom did in the seventies and the eighties. Like she was like ahead of the game. Yeah. In fact, when the book came out, she's like, Mija, someone wrote a book. Everything I told you is in this book. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> so when this workplace abuse happened, it was a big breakdown. I was in isolation because my parents had moved to Florida and a lot of like, I was, I was just by myself and I got the chance to reconnect And I had a moment, I'm like, this feels so much better. And how do we do more of this so that people don't feel powerless in in abusive situations? And so in my next job, I had this, like, whatever financial leftovers I had, I started investing in taking courses and going to workshops. I literally dedicated myself to exploring my passions with my leftover money. And I know that my father would be like, mija, no gasten eso, don't waste your money there. And I'm like, listen, I know that you don't get it, but there's something for me here. And I trusted my gut and my intuition in the direction to say, if I stay this path, I'm going to get to where I want to be. And so I didn't necessarily jump ship the job immediately, right? There was probably like a 10 year difference between starting the realization and then actually being like, we're done where yeah. this, this chapter has ended. Yeah. Cause sometimes, I, sometimes you can't just burn the boats immediately. Right. Sometimes you, know? you can, sometimes, sometimes you, can. you can. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that's the thing that you need to get you to the other side. Right. Yeah. <laughs> True. But for me, I was like very conservative father. He's like, Mija, you need to have savings. Blah, blah, blah. And you know, when you have, and I'm sure that a lot of the Amigas listening are going to be like, yeah, those are my parents. They don't want me to take a risk. They came here for this. They expect this out of me. And I think there was a lot of that. Like, I think I would have switched earlier if I didn't have that, like, oh, what will my dad say? Right. What's, what, what is he going to say? Cause my mom would be like, mija, lo que usted quiere hacer, hágalo. Right. Yeah, but yeah. my dad was like, but you need to have savings. You need to have money. And I remember asking for signs. So I started meditating. I got a health coach certificate and I had done Deepak Chopra and Oprah's 21 day meditation challenge. And I remember I was on a six week tour of Latin America for educational recruitment. And on the flight home, it was Chile, Bogota, Bogota, Miami, Miami, New York. I was like, it's going to be a long day. It was a long night the day before, whatever. And I'm sitting on the plane and I sit down and I'm like, I'm sitting next to Deepak Chopra. I've been asking for signs from the universe. And all of a sudden I'm sitting next to Deepak Chopra on a Literally. plane. 
Yeah, literally I'm sitting next to him and I'm like, do I talk to him? Do I not? Had a great conversation with Deepak Chopra after asking the universe for signs if I'm on the right path because I was at the moment where it's like, I can either go really big in that career or I can really be like, I'm going to slow the breaks down and really figure out how to make it over here. Yeah. And the yeah. universe is like, we're going we're gonna to put you on a plane next to Deepak while you're reading the four agreements by Domi Gurus. I'm like, okay. <laughs> wow. So I took it as a sign that the yes. universe is like, hey, don't not put your energy there. Yes. And I did take one more educational job after that, but even through that period, I pursued a master's in wellness coaching, but with a concentration at the university it was a concentration in integrative wellness practices, which is what I say, a fancy name for mindfulness, because many of the semesters I had to meditate for 15 weeks. I had to learn about like mindfulness. I learned about Buddhism. I learned about all the ways that the mind impacts our nervous system and yeah. our even like our like thoughts, right? Like every single thought that you yeah. have really actually physically impacts your body and your yes. brain and your reality and all the science behind that. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. So, so Tell me more. Pivot. So the actual pivot is I start my first semester of that. I'm meditating for 15 weeks while traveling the world and having a job. And um, I had a tradition when my parents moved to Florida, all every Christmas was with my parents. Like all my friends were like, they knew, don't ask Elena what she's doing for Christmas. I would fly to religiously to spend, for me, Christmas was family. Yeah. And I had flown down. It was 27, uh, tw the Christmas of 2016. And my dad was sick and he had been going to the doctors for months and he wasn't feeling well. And part of me is like, this doesn't feel right. And so by January 1st of 2017, we get a call um, that he had cancer and he um, died the next day. So he had all these goals. Like he was like, once I feel better, once the doctors come back from vacation, once this happened and I had a moment of like, oh, like we don't know when our last tomorrow is. Right. right. And like a lot, like as, like, as he's passing away, cause we watched, um, it was a, it was, it was a little traumatic. We watched him pass away. It was unexpected. The staff was not prepared. And so we watched him like, kind of like try to control things even as he's passing and it was one of those things where it's like okay if I left tomorrow am I living the life that I want to live and so it took me a few months to like sit with that and and figure it out and then one day so my mom and my dad were very close like um, people always called it the honeymooners even though they had been married almost 40 years they they acted like they were just married so hashtag no pressure to find a partner in this lifetime for me <laughs> But my parents were very close. And so my mom was very devastated and I was single and, you know, we, you know, I, I chose to step up and help her. And she had a moment where she's like, well, if you want, you can quit your job. You can move in with me and we can figure things out while you finish your master's program. And so here I am in Florida, um, doing this pivot. And so I trusted once again, like, you know what, it is not easy to be a late 30 something, early 40 something living with your mom, but sometimes you need to take those, those opportunities for the pivot, right? Yeah, the, yeah. the pivot, sometimes that is exactly what you need to be able to afford and step into the pivot. Right. And so, so I made that choice and I took advantage of going to grad school full-time, finishing that master's, like doing some more leadership programs, training more. And that's where, that's where we are now. <laughs> wow. Okay. So what a beautiful, beautiful way of pivoting. I mean, it's like really acknowledging and thank you for, for uh, sharing with us. It's such a, you know, our parents are 
I mean, at least for those of us who have our parents, it's so important to appreciate them while they're here. Because as you said, we don't know if our tomorrow is even guaranteed. Nope. We don't. We don't. We don't. So now that we know that you're, you don't know that your tomorrow is guaranteed, now you got into this process of becoming the postmodern oracle. So tell us, walk us through that. Because I think that is like the juiciness that we want to get into. Okay. So postmodern Oracle, I'm a linguist, as you know. And when I was thinking like, you know, you don't have to have a title, but I, you know, we're, I was having fun with titles. And I once did this series on Instagram where I broke down the etymology of words for 30 days. And the last word was Oracle. And I found out that the word Oracle is oraculum, which comes from Latin. And it basically is like um, this, uh, this idea of holding your prayer on high or a high priest or high priestess holding your prayer on high. Mm. And I'm like, oh, like, that's kind of what I do with my coaching clients. Like, you want this? I'm going to hold all the space that you need for this wish to come true. Like, I am the container. I am the whole, I'm the safety net for this wish to be placed as high as you can. Because sometimes you're not going to believe in it, but I'm going to believe in it. And I'm not going to let you not believe in this prayer. And for me, like, as I dug into the idea, um, I heard postmodern once and I kind of like the way I understood it was like referential, like people want to uh, be very purist about certain things, but postmodernism is like, where are you at? What is your framework? What is your understanding? And let's work from there. So like some, for some people, spirituality, prayers, coaching, they want to be like very held to a certain lens point, but really in coaching is like, what is your perspective? What is your prayer? What is your, what is your goal? Okay. So now that I understand your perspective and now that I understand where you want to go, I'm going to help you from there. Not from my background, not from my point of view, not from my training, but from understanding yours and helping you move forward towards that experience. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And so did the human design come about when you were discovering this postmodern Oracle? It actually like right, probably right around the time because I was already doing astrology. So I was training during the pandemic. I was learning about it. Like I was formally learning about astrology because I hadn't known about astrology. I was already doing people's charts before then, but it was like, let me get a certificate to back it up so that people aren't thinking that I'm making this up. <laughs> and, you know, because people yeah, do yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of Sagittarius and said a ninth house placements, which is higher education and higher learning. <laughs> so I'm like learning and language is my jam, but when I was learning astrology or more formally and kind of going into this, people were telling me about human design and I was like, but I do astrology. And it's funny because you'll hear people go, oh, I don't do astrology more because I do human design. And I'm like, wait, yeah. you can't do one with, well, you could do astrology without human design, but you can't do human design without astrology. Okay. So let's, let's talk about the differences. Yes. For those of, for those amigas out there that these are the first time, the first words you've ever heard in your life, human design. So what is that? Human design and astrology. I think it's most commonly like astrology. We all know about that, right? right. But human design is a, I think it's a different concept or yes. at least, or maybe it is. I don't know. Please tell it us what it is. It actually is a whole different, in my opinion, it's their distinct methodologies and one works off the other. So for me, I always say that astrology is the psychology of our ancestors. For me, when I learned my chart, I understood myself. It's like the board game of life that you were given to play in this lifetime. It's the planets and the houses that everything's laid on and the outfits that the planets are wearing is like, these are, this is what gets to play out in your lifetime. Now, 
all those signs, all those planets, they have high expressions, low expressions. And so it depends on how you express your life, you'll experience a, a spectrum of your chart. Human design is more about quantum energy. Mm. So really the way I tend to explain it, and people have different ways of explaining it, but the way I explain it is how is your energy interacting in the quantum field. Now, if you're not familiar with the quantum field, it is quantum physics. It's the idea that be, you know, this microphone that I have, the laptop, you and I, adamant, inanimate objects, we're all just a composite of atoms. And, but we're all connected in the quantum field. And it's saying, okay, Jackie, you have a specific way that your energy works. Alona has a different energy field. And when you understand how your energy works and my energy works, then we can also understand how to work together and how to maximize the way our energies work. And it also can help understand why we don't get along with people, like, or why some people may be automatically repelling. Some people might be automatically easy for us to get along with because our energies in the field are either melding nicely or like not kind of like interacting as easily. And that helps us kind of also have more compassion. For me, all of this is compassion. Walter believed it was love. I think this is compassion. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh my God. Are you the next Walter Mercado? Oh, I, I, <laughs> I accept the invitation. <laughs> I love it. Mucha, mucha, mucha amor. And compassion, compassion, compassion. Compassion. <laughs> compassion. Wow. Okay. So I know that you just recently did a reading for me and we did both. We did the astrology chart and then the human design chart. Yeah. So in your process, this is the thing like this, your company does this, like you do the whole, both things. Like yeah, one some is people not separate prefer one over the other. So uh -huh. if like they really want to focus on one, we can, but here's the thing y'all human design, the way you get your design is by your birth chart. So, so human design is a mix of astrology, the Chinese I Ching, which is a Chinese divination system, the Jewish Kabbalah and the Hindu chakra system. And the way it happens is that you'll see, it looks like a body. So when you look at a, a human design chart, you'll see almost like this, like human body and these little shapes in the middle. Some of them are colored, some of them are not. And the way the colors come in are based on your birth chart some of the lines will be defined. Now, another thing about human design that's really interesting is they believe that your soul came into your body three months before you were born, regardless <laughs> if you were premature or late. And so the way the actual chart comes together is when basically the birth chart of your soul and your birth chart of when you came in out of your mom's body mixed together, then anything that connects is lit up in this little system. And those connections, the combination of connections tells us which is your design. And there are about four or five designs, depending on, you know, who you listen to, but there are not a lot of designs. There are different combinations of how those designs express, but there are specific five energy types mm -hmm. that interact with people in a certain way. And all of it is based on how these birth charts, astrology connect to the little lines, which are the I Ching gates and how they line up to the chakras that are lit up by when all these connect. Oh my God. I love this stuff. Okay. Amiga, so you're saying there's four to five designs. What do you find in your line of work? What what are the the most common designs? Well, there are actually statistics. So 70% of the human population are made up in human design by either generators or manifesting generators. And they put them all together in one category because if you're familiar, if Amigas, if you're listening to this and you're familiar with the chakra system, then anyone who has the sacral chakra defined 
are generators. And that's 70% of the population. And I had to tell you something really funny. I feel like I'm on a mission to debunk because a lot of people here are 70%. I don't feel special. I don't want to be a generator. I don't want to be a manifesting generator. That's so many of us. And I'm like, y'all, you don't understand. It's not, I joke, I got it. I joke. It's like, we, we need to stop having, have stop having aura envy or energy. Uh Right? chakra it's, envy or yeah. envy <laughs> yeah, design envy it's like stop being envious of not having the design you wanted yeah because you were given a design and it's about understanding how that design works because for me when you understand how your aura or because like it's kind of like for lack of a better phrase your quantum field is like your aura right when you understand how your energy works then you live out the best storyline of your birth chart so your birth chart is your story the, the human design tells you how to best like use your energy in this lifetime. And when you combine those two, you can literally really align your energy to express that chart in the best way. So all these people are denying their sacral chakra. I'm like, y'all are so lucky because what that means is that you have a aura or an energy field that's open. It's enveloping. Things come to you. And so you have a whole bunch of generators. 70% of the population is out there trying to hustle, 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 hustle. When you're supposed to be in the moment and see what comes to you and trust your body to guide you to the yes or no response that gets you to the most aligned experiences in your life. Ooh, I love that. And amigas, like when she said like, you know, the manifesting generator and the generator, I'm a generator and I Key, I, I exactly how, how she was saying that, you know, we're like, oh no, that's not cool. Part of the 70%, you want to be unique, but actually it's a good thing. It's a great thing. It is awesome. So I have a manifestor aura. We're only 9% of the human population. And I have some friends that are like, of course you have a manifestor. I'm like, listen, it's not about the envy because the manifestor aura is uh, while the generators are open and enveloping things come to them a manifester is the only one that's really just supposed to go and do it their aura is supposed to initiate yeah. and so what's funny most we usually don't do what our aura is supposed to do generators aren't and manifestors you're not supposed to necessarily be going initiating starting all this stuff up it doesn't mean that you can't start companies it doesn't mean that you can't do things but like you don't have to do you have to be it's about doing, not being as a generator or a manifesting generator. Yes. But manifestors, we actually got to do shit. Pardon my language. I don't know for a lot of curse. Sorry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, you can, you can okay. say all kinds of stuff. So manifestors, <laughs> manifestors, we're the ones who are supposed to go and do the shit, but we don't want to because most of the world is already doing it when they're not supposed to be doing it. So I always joke, I am relaxing when I'm supposed to be doing because all of the generators who are supposed to be just being or doing things and I'm like there's like I can't we're all out of alignment I know I know <laughs> we're all out of whack god yeah because yeah, I mean like for instance like me I like I want to create I want to do this blah, 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 blah. and you're like hold up it should come to you <laughs> it's like I'm like well, what well oh. and the right things yeah. the right things will come to you right because sometimes yeah. I think there's like the human brain goes, you should do this mm -hmm, The mm -hmm. difference between doing something, then having this message from the quantum field saying, get, get in contact with people, start connecting. Like you can respond to the urge to connect, yeah, but yeah. you don't have to like knock down every door and start every company and be the top, right? Like it's more about what does your body say you really want to do when you're in touch with your body as a generator, a manifesting generator, it's like, you are being led to the right experiences, the right actions, the right connections, the right whatever.
And how do we learn how to hear our bodies? My favorite thing. I'm so like, I'm so glad that I learned, like I had, like, I hate to be like, I have a master's in health and wellness, but I'm so glad that I got that because literally from mindfulness, it is about learning to be in the moment. My biggest tip for the 70 percenters. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. Yeah. Is really learn to be in the moment, right? Because in order, so so the so the strategy for manifesting generators and generators is to respond. That's what they say. So what does that mean? That means as things are coming into your quantum field, when you're tapped into the moment, you can hear when your body says, yes, I want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. Maybe we should pause right now, right? Yeah. But what happens? Most of us are either living five minutes, five years in the future or in the past. And when you're not in the moment, you cannot hear your body helping you get aligned to what's a yes or what's a no. Yes. I love that. You know, I got an email by one of my beautiful friends and I went to SC. So of course, SC, I mean, when you, when you hear that there might be an opportunity with this institution that I love, and then I read it and I was like, my brain was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I remember what you said to me be in the moment, ask your body if this is right for you. And I did. And I was like, I didn't feel it. I was like, okay, I got to pass on this. And how does it feel? And I feel like, okay, because it's going to be there next year too. So I feel like, you know what? I'm good. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I don't, as much as I would want to on my brain, I feel like my bandwidth is just there's so much going on and I'm supposed to be in the moment. And in the moment I've decided I'm going to put a pause on that. Awesome. (laughs) So it's beautiful. So amigas, you really need to schedule a session with, with Ilona. So Ilona, tell us about your programs that you offer. Sure. Is it okay if I just talk about the three other designs so people don't feel left out? So just real quick. quick. Yeah, go for it. So the, the so twenty percent of the population are projectors, which means while the generators are open and enveloping, projectors are literally like that. They are penetrating while they're going right into everyone's energy field and be like, "Oh, look at this! Oh, I can see why this isn't working." Woo woo! So they're like guides, they're teachers, um, and they they're able to go in. But their strategy is to wait for an invitation, which they don't like so much. So mm-hmm. the so this is why we talk about strategies. Because the projector gets to wait until they're either energetically invited or literally invited. And I always use Cinderella as the example. Cinderella went to the ball in a ball gown. She she was doing her best. She was being her best self. She said nothing to Prince Charming. He was like, I like her energy. I'm going to go ask her and dance. And that's, and she, you know, she trusted her authority and she, she met Prince Charming. She didn't have to do anything. Projectors, you're able to see exactly what needs to be done, but you don't have to push your vision, your knowledge. When people acknowledge you, go there. You don't have to push your vision there. Manifestors are the 9%. We got to initiate. So we are the, we got to be the starters. We got to do our things. We got to, we got to not people please, because then if we don't protect our aura, then the thing that we came here to do doesn't get done. And 1% of the population are reflectors. Nothing is defined in their chart, which means they're basically like mirrors. They are, they, whatever, like they, they tend to kind of almost mirror the people that they're in or the environments that they're in. And so they're very rare, but their energy is very special. Oh, wow. That's so. interesting. I'd be careful. 
<laughs> would be great reflections. Like it, it, they are a great yeah. temperature gauge, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. There's all kinds. Amigas. So, uh, so, so have a chat with Ilona to determine what kind of human design you are. Yes. 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 So where can we find you? So Instagram is like my favorite space, although I am playing with TikTok. Um, my website is being developed and um, on my Instagram, there's a link where you can see all the readings. I have Oracle card readings. I have pure birth chart readings. And then I did the hybrid reading that I did with Jackie, where we did both the human design and the astrology so that you can get really the whole assessment on how is your energy? What are you here to do so that you can move forward powerfully and with confidence? I really think these are validation experiences. Oh, totally. Complete validation. And I did the hybrid because I I always want to get like the VIP. <laughs> so guys, I'm going to put all that information on the show notes. But before I let you go, Ilona, I always ask my guests my one or two tips that they have on how an amiga can handle her shit. Yes. So I my first thing when you ask me this question, I'm like, okay, the first thing is you get to own your shit. Ooh, yeah. Because when, if you're handling your shit, which means something's out of maybe in breakdown or not in your control, we always have control whether, you know, cause I think even when we use astrology or Oracle cards or these magical things, we act as if the power is outside of ourselves, but, but, but those are just awareness tools. So you need to own your shit. You need to own your reality. If your life is a mess, you get to be like, my life is a mess. And, and be where you are. You get to accept it. You cannot bypass the shit mm -hmm. because when it's like, it's like putting a dead body, like in your closet and hoping no one knows there's a dead body. It's going to start stinking. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. You need to take care and own the fact that there's a mess in the room and you get to clean it up. Even when things are difficult, even when things are not your fault, you get to own your side of the shit. Yeah. And when you own your side of the shit, you are taking power back in the experiences even if you are not the root cause of it you get to reclaim it by owning your shit yeah yes you heard it amigas <laughs> and the second part so before i was a astrology informed life coach i was i really started off with compassion from all the buddhism and meditation i learned and one of the big things that i think amigas get to learn to own their shit is you also get to be kind to yourself mm -hmm. while you're owning your shit. Because what do we do? We beat ourselves up more than anyone else. And we put ourselves into states that are unnecessary. We make ourselves work harder. It's almost like we self-flagellate and punish ourselves just because things aren't good. Instead of saying, you know what? I'm a good person. I did the best that I could with what I had. I am in not a great state, but you know what? I'm going to own my part. I'm going to be nice to myself so I can rise above it. Because no, you can't depend on someone else to be nice on you. But if you can be nice to yourself, even in a breakdown, then you will get through it with self-love. Mm. So true. So true. And, um, you know, I think oftentimes we want to bypass that. And because and, it's easier. Oh, so it's so much easier. So it's so much, much easier. easier to let everyone else take the blame, take the fall. Yeah, yeah. Now, God, universe, your ex-boyfriend, your parents, yeah. because of what they thought, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, uh, forget them and whatever it is. But, but we all have a place card, a place, you know, in, in whatever happened, mm -hmm. however small. So if we, we have this tremendous opportunity to really go on an exploration hunt when those things happen. 
yeah. you know, rather than just like avoiding it. Because yeah. I think, you know, especially now, I mean, it's like ugh, so crazy, the energy. What do you think the energy? I mean, it's like next level insane. Well, it's interesting from an astrological perspective, we have had Chiron, which is a placement of the wounded healer in the collective in Aries, which is the individual self since 2018. And so I've noticed that a lot of people have felt this since 2017, yeah. but we have all been on a journey of healing parts of ourselves for the past few years. This ends in 2017, 2027. So we're going almost like a decade run of, Hey, I get to heal parts of me that up until now, society has not allowed individuals to heal. So it's easy to be like, oh, because of the wars or because of the economy or because of, you know, the pandemic, you know, it's, it's yes, I'm not going to say that those weren't influences. And yet at the same time, there's always an opportunity to say, what am I learning about myself in this experience? Because like I said, when you own your shit, what you actually allow yourself to do is find solutions. When you're not owning your shit, you're bypassing, which is avoiding wrapping up a problem and cleaning up the space, yeah. not cleaning up the space is avoiding the solution. Yeah. Ugh. We all have an opportunity to find solutions in every way, but, but a lot of us aren't owning our shit. You heard it here, amigas. We get to own our shit. And this is the podcast. <laughs> we could be nice. We could be nice with ourselves while we're doing it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love this conversation. Thank you so much, Ilona. I oh. mean, this is so beautiful. And and amigas out there get to learn a little bit more about not only astrology, but about human design and the psychology behind that. And, you know, we shouldn't be scared about these things. Um, it's so I feel like it's it should be a thing that you get to do at one point in your life. Yeah. Find for me, this is like, yeah, for me, this is like taking the Myers-Briggs or the strengths finders. This is just an awareness tool. Mm. A lot of people make it like, it's something that I'm going to change your life. So it's like, <laughs> no, I'm yeah. not changing your life. It's I'm like, I is brujeria. It's just brujeria. Yeah. And then it's like, no, well, that's okay if it is, but like, you know, it's a good brujeria. <laughs> yeah. It's just awareness. It's just awareness. awareness. Yes, an awareness. Well, thank you, my love. I'm I'm fully aware of your powers, and I'm and I love this. And um, I get to do this exploration, and I'm so grateful to have met you and and for oh. you to be here on Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends. And subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.